Hello and welcome to the Autoimmune Remission Podcast. My goal is to help you cut through the confusion, create clarity, and gain momentum on your path to autoimmune remission. Hey, welcome back to another edition of the Autoimmune Remission Podcast. Thank you for joining me today. Welcome to the new year, 2024. I have a huge episode for you. It's action-packed, big episode, lots to go through today. We're talking all things scams. You're probably looking at starting some new routines or you already have. Hopefully, I'm not disrupting a lot of your routines, but if I am, it's going to be for the best. So I have five scams in 2024 that you should avoid, and I'll give you the reasons why. But before we dive into it, as you know, I make this podcast completely free. It's my gift to you. And the only thing I ask in return is for you to subscribe and rate the show where you can leave up to a five-star review. It's incredibly helpful. It's the only way this podcast grows. And I would be eternally grateful to you if you decided to do that. Okay, I have five scams for you today for you to avoid in 2024. These are complete wastes of your money, complete wastes of your time for the most part. And I'm going to help you understand why. And some of these may blow your mind. Some of these you may have been wasting a lot of time on. And you're going to hear a lot of these scams promoted by influencers in other areas. Oftentimes, they'll be compensated for them to tell you these things are beneficial. So let's get started out of the gates. This is the most hyped supplement I may have ever seen, at least the most hyped single supplement. And it is the one that is absolutely way overpriced, and you do not need to waste your time on it. That product is called Athletic Greens. Now, this may be the only podcast you listen to where it is not promoted by the host. And that is one of the problems with this supplement is how expensive it is. It is $100. You may find it for more than that. Maybe it's $20 less than that. But regardless, it's about $100 for a month's supply. And it's marketed as the only thing you need to take. It's the best possible supplement. It's the best way to start your day. But there are several problems with it. Let's start right out of the gates. It is not lab tested. I'll post in the show notes my blog and my podcast where I discuss the importance of lab testing supplements. I go through all supplements, every supplement you you probably need to take or everything you need to look for when you're shopping for a supplement. And this is not lab tested. So it's not third party certified for what is on the product is in the label guaranteed. And, And the problem with this and the reason it's so important is that the supplement industry is not regulated. So you can put anything in a product put something on the label and say it does whatever you want it to do. And there has been huge instances of major companies like Walmart, of GNC, Walgreens, where they're labeling products as gluten-free, for example, but then there's wheat in the product itself potentially hurting people with celiac disease and non-gluten or non-celiac gluten sensitivity. So it's critical to get a supplement third-party certified. Now, it costs money and... The companies that pay to get their product lab certified, lab tested, care so much about the quality of their product and the transparency that they give to the consumer that they pay to get their product certified. And then they pass on that additional cost to you. So lab tested products are typically significantly more expensive than non-tested products. But Athletic Greens does not do that. They could afford it. They choose not to, and yet they charge you $100 anyway. They... Athletic Greens uses proprietary blends and all products use proprietary blends. All supplements are are products that you should avoid. And all that means is that you have no idea of how many certain ingredients you're getting. So, okay, awesome. I have ashwagandha and some other products in here, but because it's listed under 
Athletic Greens blend. I can't recall exactly how they phrase it, but it's a blend of ingredients. So it'll say proprietary blend, five grams in total next to the proprietary blend if you're looking on the label of it. And then below it, it's going to list 10 or 15 different products, but it's not going to tell you how many of those ingredients are in the product itself. Okay, so proprietary blends are something you want to avoid. And anytime you see it on a product, I recommend to avoid it because just like the lab testing concern I, I brought up, this is a lack of transparency by the company selling this product to you. And in this case, it's Athletic Greens. Probiotics, I'm going to talk about probiotics next. So that's a little preview of what's to come. But it, the, pro, the probiotic in Athletic Greens is a low CFU probiotic, so colony-forming unit. So it's really not going to do anything for you. It's in there to make you feel like you're doing something beneficial, but it isn't at all. I mentioned that it's insanely expensive. And this is not because of the quality of the product but because of the influencer commissions this company needs to pay out because they get big names like Andrew Huberman and Joe Rogan and so on and so forth. They have to pay big money to these people to mention their product every five minutes on their podcast. And they're on every podcast you could imagine. This is why their product is so expensive. Not because it's high quality, not because you need it, not because it's everything you need to start your day, but because they have to pay out high influencer commissions. Okay. So athletic greens is a product that you absolutely do not need to take. It doesn't replace 50 servings of vegetables and, and fruits in a day. It used to make that claim. I don't think they legally can anymore. So they've taken it off the product. It's a scam. You can avoid it. Spend that money elsewhere. But one place I don't encourage you to spend that money is on a different probiotic. Let's give you a quick breakdown of the microbiome. Microbiome is housed in our guts, our large intestine. And it has trillions of bacteria, trillions of organisms in our gut. There's more bacteria in our gut than there are cells in our body. There are more bacteria in our gut than there are stars in the sky. It's insane to think about that we're more bacteria in our gut than we are human. We're more bacteria than human. It's absolutely wild. It's a growing area of research that seems to be highly tied to our health, meaning that a diverse microbiome with unique organisms and unique species, the healthier the host, the healthier the individual that has that microbiome typically. So it seems like probiotics then would be a great supplement to take. If I need diversity in my gut, why not add probiotics? Well, the problem with that is the, the, the colony forming units in a probiotic are going to be in the billions, right? You're going to have billions of CFUs in a product, which sounds like a lot. But when you compare it to trillions, it's nothing. By taking a probiotic and expecting it to change the composition of your gut microbiome is like dropping red food dye in an ocean and then expecting the ocean to turn red, right? It's just never going to happen. It's not even close to the amount that would really make a difference. There are no studies that demonstrate by and large that probiotics are effective for improving health in humans. Now, there may be some exceptions. There may be certain instances in which somebody with ulcerative colitis or Crohn's disease may benefit from probiotics after, some, after a round of antibiotics. That would be the case where I think it's worth exploring if probiotics are beneficial for those people. And I've used them with some of my clients as well. Outside of that, it's largely going to be a waste of your time. And then there's actually evidence, there's research that shows that healthy people, so non-IBD folks that take antibiotics that it takes their gut composition longer to reconstitute itself when somebody is taking probiotics. So probiotics in that case actually hurts somebody from getting back to their normal gut health. Okay. 
So probiotics, although they sound beneficial and, and they may be the future of medicine, it is so brand new, just like Athletic Greens. It's a marketing industry. It is not a health industry right now, the, the probiotic industry. So most of the time, the vast majority of people listening to this podcast can save their money, don't need to buy a probiotic. You'd be much better off buying a prebiotic, and even then you'd be much better eating plants. The next scam that you can avoid is L-glutamine. Now, L-glutamine is not a marketed scam. It's not something that costs a lot of money. It's not like the, the, the previous two products I mentioned. And, and you've noticed that now this is my third supplement. L-glutamine is a non-essential amino acid. So we create enough L-glutamine in our bodies already. It's one of 20, it's one of 20 amino acids. And it is a non-essential amino acid, meaning we produce enough in the body for our own needs. It's also the primary source of energy for our cells along the gut lining. So it was once thought that taking glutamine is beneficial for gut health. If, if we have some in our body already, we're creating some of it, then adding more to it is better, right? That was the thought process. It may also be beneficial for health and recovery, especially post-exercise. So I've been in the health and fitness industry for over a decade. And when I first got in and really up until the last few years, even it was highly touted as a product that's going to help people recover great for gut health. Everybody can benefit from it. And unfortunately, recent research has disproven it, all of this, that it's beneficial for basically nobody. And although it's not an expensive supplement, it's absolutely not one that you need to take, especially these five to 10 grams daily, which is what the recommended allotment is. It's just not going to be beneficial for the vast majority of people listening to this podcast. Now, Going back to IBD, there may be some cases where, where somebody is going through a flare, ulcerative colitis, or, or especially Crohn's disease, and some high doses of glutamine may be beneficial when your body can't produce enough L-glutamine for its current needs when your body is under attack or when your gut lining is really hurt and impacted and inflamed. Then L-glutamine may be beneficial for those people during a flare. That's when I would use it or at least try to use it. I can tell you in my personal experience, I have ulcerative colitis and IBD. I've not experienced great benefits from it when I take it in high doses. I'm, I'm talking 70, 80 grams over a few days to try and help me get through a flare. I personally have not experienced benefit from it. I have some clients who may have experienced some benefit from it. Perhaps it's a placebo effect, not quite sure, but that would be the only time I would use it. IBD, flare, everybody else, don't buy it, save your money, put it elsewhere. The next scam, the fourth scam I want to go through with you today that you should 100% absolutely avoid is the carnivore diet. The carnivore diet has just rocketed in popularity due to people like Paul Saladino and Joe Rogan having some people on his podcast. And I think it is just the worst. It's important to know this out of the gates. There is zero, zero research supporting this diet. Zero, none. Just case studies, individual case studies, people saying, I feel better. I feel better. But what they don't tell you are the people that feel terrible on the diet. That's what they ignore. They avoid them. There's a great Instagram account, uh, Carnivore Cringe. And, and this woman has just gotten onto uh, closed pages like Facebook pages and Reddit. And she just observes all these people going through these horrible symptoms. And she posts screenshots of it. And these people think they're normal. And then the community gives them more terrible advice to get through their constipation or their horrible cholesterol, which is going to give them a heart attack someday or clog their arteries. It's awful. And then when people say, hey, I'm quitting or, hey, I, I don't think this diet's working for me, then they're abused by their community. 
they were made to feel terrible for wanting to quit. And then they're accused of being vegans just coming onto the page to mock people, to mock the people of this community. It's an insane community. Really, truly, what it is, it's a cult. There's no other way to look at it. When you, when you go to that page, Carnivore Cringe, which is hilarious and, and also sad and terrifying at the same time, it's, it's, it's a weird mix of emotions, you'll, you'll recognize that this is just a, a strange place to be and it's not a place that you should want to be. So wh- why do people do it? To go back to the microbiome, like I discussed earlier, trillions of bacteria, right? And then people with autoimmune disease tend to have a correlation with poor gut health. Okay, so they have a disruption in their microbiome, which isn't truly clearly understood at this point in time. But when you take a look at the microbiome, it requires fiber for those unique strains of bacteria to grow and flourish. Fiber, certain fermentable forms of fiber, are food for our gut bacteria. So our, our, our gut bacteria needs fiber. So fiber is a prebiotic. Then you have probiotics in your gut. That's the bacteria. And then you have postbiotics, which are short-chain fatty acids, which help produce so many of the benefits that we get from plants. The problem with autoimmune disease and gut health is that they're closely interlinked. Some are causative for, for autoimmune disease like IBD. Some are just associated like Hashimoto's or MS or so on and so forth that you may have some gut health issues when you have some of these autoimmune diseases. And then people tend to feel better when they eliminate some plants. When they eliminate some plants, that tends to calm down the disruption of digestion and people tend to feel better. They, their, their symptoms of gas and bloating and diarrhea or constipation, they, they may go away when you decrease some of these fibers. That's where the carnivore completely goes all in on eliminating all plant sources. And the problem is, is it's not like plants are hurting them, right? So this is where people will get caught up in lectins or plant defense chemicals and they're hurting and they're killing people. That, that just couldn't be further from the case. The vast majority of people who are eliminating these fibers, what they have a problem with is fermentable fibers or FODMAPs. These fermentable fibers can cause gas and bloating when they hit our gut bacteria. Our gut bacteria literally ferment them. They create food and substances for them, substrates for them. But when the gut is inflamed, disrupted, perhaps lacking in some certain probiotic strains, then FODMAPs can cause a lot of pain, a lot of gas, a lot of bloating, it can be very uncomfortable for that individual. So eliminating some of them can feel great for a person. So the carnivore diet provides short-term benefit. And then the people fall in love with how they feel and they want to continue to feel that way. They think, hey, this is just how I'm supposed to eat. It's, maybe it's how my ancestors ate, which is not necessarily true. And it's how I eat. That's what they think. But again, there are no long-term benefits from this diet. Again, there's no research on it. What you're far better off doing is eliminating some FODMAPs for a short period of time while still eating non-fermentable sources of fiber, which there are plenty, and then slowly adding some fermentable fibers back in until you build up gut tolerance of these things since they are so beneficial for you. So a low FODMAP diet is far superior than a carnivore diet. And if you're going to go carnivore, you want to try it, do it for a month at most, at most, and then make sure that you work fiber back into your diet. The final scam I want to discuss with you today, and this one may be controversial, is organic produce. Now, I know what you're thinking. Hey, every influencer, every health influencer out there in the past 10 years has told me that organic produce is far superior and I should avoid conventional produce because it's unhealthy for me because of the pesticides. Well, let me, let me break this down a little bit more for you. Okay, so those are the myths that they're healthier, that there's no pesticides. This is organic produce, healthier, no pesticides. But really the organic label 
that you're going to find on, on these products is really just a marketing label. And that's what the creator of organic produce has come out and said. It was never meant to be necessarily something that is always universally healthier. It's, it's really a marketing differentiator from conventional produce. It's now nearly a $50 billion business annually. It is a massive, massive business, massive organization. However, research does not necessarily support the idea that organic produce is healthier than conventional produce. Again, the thought is that organic produce doesn't use pesticides. At least 20 to 25% of the people that buy organic produce do so with that thought in mind. And that couldn't be further from the truth. They are still sprayed with pesticides. They're just sprayed with organic, and I put that in quotations, organic pesticides versus conventional synthetic pesticides. The problem with this is that organic pesticides are not as studied. They're not as regulated. They're not as well known as what the synthetic pesticides are. So we're not quite sure of the health outcomes from organic pesticides. They're also not as effective. So you have to use more of them in order to get the same benefit as synthetic pesticides. So yes, in research, certain synthetic pesticides have been shown to have negative impacts on health. However, these studies are not done in humans. They're typically done in test tubes, in petri dishes, and in animals. And it's done in crazy quantities that you could never consume in your lifetime. And this is the same argument that people make against diet sodas. That's a completely different conversation for a different time the information that you're going to find or that people cite that pesticides are bad for you, do the research, look into the studies that they reference because they're typically done in animals or in petri dishes and insanely high amounts. They're just not seen in humans. And I'll discuss that more here in just a little bit. When you take a look at our population size, how much it's grown, how much, how much it's continuing to grow and how large it is, it's impossible to feed this type of population with, an organic, with organic farming methods. There's a reason we had to shift to conventional methods, spraying with conventional and synthetic pesticides. It's the only way you can feed a population size this large. So the individuals that demonize conventional farming, either they don't know this or they do know it and they're just saying it to get clicks and likes. When you look in areas that have lots of organic produce available, they're typically high socioeconomic statuses. So you're not going to find organic produce in low socioeconomic places, in poorer areas. And the problem with this is, although everyone doesn't have access to organic produce, everyone does have access to a phone for the most part. And everyone does have access to Apple Podcasts or Spotify or YouTube, where they will listen to these health influencers say how important it is to get rid of conventional produce and only eat organic. But then somebody in a poorer area might not have access to it. And if they do have access to it, they might not be able to afford it. So they, may be, they might be so afraid of conventional produce that they completely eliminate fruits and vegetables from their diet because, this, because they're afraid, because an influencer told them that the lectins or whatever, that the pesticides are going to cause harm. So what, what are they going to do instead? Well, they're probably going to eat more ultra-processed foods, which obviously is not a good thing. So what influencers have done to shape human behavior in this way to avoid produce and avoid plants in favor of only organic and you can't get organic, don't eat it, is wrong and it's irresponsible. And at the end of the day, here's what it comes down to. The research demonstrates that when people eat more plants, I don't care what the plant is, more plants, fruits, vegetables, nuts, seeds, beans, legumes, you name it. They help people lose weight. People stay fuller for longer. They have lower rates of heart disease, cancer, autoimmune disease. Basically, all human health improves when more plants are eaten. 
And these studies do not use organic produce. So this is where the argument from these individuals falls flat. If conventional produce, if these pesticides were bad, then these people in these studies, their health would get worse because they're using conventional produce in these studies. Their health would get worse, not better. But that is not what happens. So what's the takeaway here? Eat more plants. I don't care what kind they are. Any, any plant that you can find and any plant that you can afford, you should be eating more of it. That was a lot today. Five scams that you should avoid in 2024. So as you begin to enter into this new year and you want to become a new you, you want to reach your mission, keep these scams in mind. And then keep the big picture in mind. These things are distractions. Distractions to keep you glued to your screen for clicks and likes. Maybe you'll buy a product from somebody who's telling you to avoid this thing that is completely normal and natural. Now you know that you can save your money, right? Now you have, if you have avoided athletic greens, probiotics, glutamine, and now you're shopping for non-organic produce so you can save some money, you got an extra 150 bucks or so in your pocket every single month, but maybe more than that. Maybe you got 150, 200 extra bucks for you can, you can put it elsewhere. You could put it in the stock market and maybe be rich in 20, 30 years. <laughs> Okay, that's it for today. I hope you enjoyed today's podcast. I hope you stay on track. You reach a new you in 2024, the best you in 2024. You're going to make it the healthiest year of your life. And I'll see you next time on the Autoimmune Remission Podcast.